last time on Leighton Legends. Mori, one week from now, you're going to give me 250 gold pieces for my trouble. Val, I have another assignment for you. Follow him and make sure that he doesn't leave town. Calling all adventurers. The local garrison is recruiting fixers for miscellaneous work. Uh, hello everyone, my name is Constable Joel, and I've been assigned to evaluate the applications for the recent job posting. Greetings, fellow companions. It is I, Giovanni, of the Order of the Sacred Object. I'm Morty. Hey, man. Ah, oh, pointy here. Don't see a lot of you around here, eh? These two seem like they've taken a couple too many shots to the head, if you know what I mean. The barrier between your training field and the courtyard comes down crashing. The dust settles. And in its place is a large mechanoid human, twice the size of the clockwork constables that you've been dealing with. Oh my God, it charges you. Gonna guiding bolt it. Boom! His arm goes off, and the shoulder just snaps. And as it does, his sword just flies back, and it just goes over his shoulder, and it cuts Valerius. The fight is over. Good sir, you brought upon us an experimental mechanized unit. You guys did really well. The, the nobleman turns to you and he says, Welcome to the garrison. We're very happy to have you. Joel here will be your lieutenant and you can go to him for any problems that you might have. <laughs> well, Giovanni walks away and Joel kind of turns to the, the fancy man that was standing there and he says, Stuart, I, I'm a little concerned about some of these new recruits. And the steward turns to him and says, Well, I am too. Too. All right, guys, welcome back to Leighton Legends. I hope you had a good week off. Let's just jump straight into the story. Cody! Cody! Your son is here! Come downstairs! Geo, honey, it's so good to see you again. What have you been eating? You're so skinny. Ah, uh, you what I can find. You know, it's not like back... I'm not like I'm in the academy anymore. I gotta fend for myself and... I'm never really that good at cooking, you know, Ma, but doing what I can to get by. Giovanni, in front of you is a portly woman standing in front of an oven. As she yells, she turns away from whatever she's cooking and ducks her head out a window to yell up the stairs just outside the house. Looking around, you can see that this is a pretty humble household, though well cared for and very much appreciated. To the average onlooker, it might look modest, but having spent a lot of time here yourself, you know that there is nothing timid about it. Every item in this house was meticulously chosen and placed by your mother, and only of the highest quality. Cutlery is silver, plates are porcelain, family pictures on the wall are framed and gilded with a sheen. While you didn't grow up in this home, you have spent a lot of time here. After your parents retired from the merchant trade, they decided to downsize, but only really downsized the home they lived in, not the standard of living they were accustomed to. It's been two days since you became employed by the local garrison, and you've been busy completing human resource paperwork and doing some personality testing surveys. This is the first chance you've had to see your parents. So tell me, Gio, how are you liking your first job? As much as we're glad to have you out of the house, it's important to me to know that things are going well for you. Are the other kids picking on you? I told you, this is not my first job. I've worked for the church for a long time. You guys, you you dad, you never never appreciated all the work I did with the church, all the training, all the prayers I learned, all the sacraments. Oh, we know that you tried your best, Gio. The door at the back of the house opens, and in walks a stout man just taller than your mother. Your father is a critical man with a face that seems to be stuck in a state of perpetual grumpiness. No doubt a characteristic of him that allowed him to achieve success as a merchant in Renlin. As he walks into the room, he grunts a greeting to you and then pulls out a chair at the dinner table to sit. Your mother puts a ceramic dish out of the oven and places it on some cooling pads in the middle of the table. Then she turns back to the kitchen countertop to begin moving other dishes. It's the last day of every fortnight, which, to your household, means a family dinner. The smell is amazing. Can you tell me what is being cooked? Got some roasted uh, red peppers. Bit of a hen situation going on. Braised a little bit and then percolated and stewed for a long time. There's fresh vegetables, which are kind of hard to get if you live this far in the city, but uh, they're pretty well connected people because they used to be in the merchant skill. Do you, have, do you say anything to your father as he walks in? Yeah, I was going to interject there. Father! Eh, Gio. I have returned. Meh. How goes the retired life, father? Your father shrugs. 
Always the talkative one, father. I know, he just doesn't say too much, but I get him. It's such a shame that your younger brother can't join us tonight, right, Cody? And then Cody grunts. Ugh. He just isn't so busy carrying on the family business. He was here the other day, and he told me things have been going so well for him that he's thinking of expanding. You never know. He might be able to find a place for you if you ask real nicely. Ma, I can tell you, every time I come here, I don't want to hear about his business. Mercantile work is a sin. Collecting objects and trading objects with no reference to the sacred one. There's something so wrong about it. I don't... I just, I'm so ashamed of what he does. I don't, I, you're so proud of him, but you've never been proud of me for doing all the things I do. Honey, you know I love what you do. You know, you you are so important to this family. It's just, it means a lot to us what you do. And I understand that, you know, the sacred stuff, you know, it just doesn't like Ma, really work uh, too much name, with Ma, monetary Ma, value. You name one of my heroic deeds. You can name one of my heroic deeds, can you, Mom? Okay, I got one thing. Don't talk about the turkey. The turkey doesn't count. Uh, well, okay. Like, you did You did a really good job slaying that turkey. But I remember one time, one time, when we were, you were in your 10th year at the academy. And, you know, most people finish it in four. But you were at your 10th. And you you aced that spelling bee. You were the top of the class for that spelling bee. And I remember that. And that was that was heroic to me. Mom. That was Cody. Oh, was that Cody? Oh. Mother, I have a hard time spelling Giovanni. Oh, that's Cody Jr. Right. Cody Jr. Uh, your father's never done a spelling bee. <laughs> the hen is fantastic. At that moment, there's a knock at the front door. Your father stands up and lumbers over, opening it. He looks outside, grunts, and then leaves the door open as he resumes his seat at the dinner table. Mames, honey, so glad you could join us. I'm glad you were able to step away for a bit from the temple. Into the room strides a young woman in her 20s, wearing a crisp uniform of blue and white, contrasting your own uniform of red and white. You know her as your younger sister, Mames, and you've never quite gotten on with her. Hello, Mother. The Order of the Sacred Things saw fit to give one of the most prominent paladins leave from her duties to spend time with her parents, and... Oh, Giovanni. So glad to see you. How are things over at the Order of the Sacred Object? Did you finally pass your paladin trials? Mother tells me you're a city guard now. I'm fine. I'm happy that you seem to have found a nice place. How are things at the Church of the Lie, where you study? The Lie? How dare you call my church a lie, you heretic? How dare you disturb the balance of the object talking about your thing? The thing cannot exist in the same dimension as the object. It's just basic science. It only takes but a third of a fortnight to understand these things. Like, I, I, I can't be here. I can't be here. Why didn't you tell me she was coming, Mom? You always do this. You do this every single time. Mames. It's always mames. Mames this, mames that. Yeah, I bet you can name a couple of her heroic deeds. Well, you know, we're just so proud of all of our kids. They have been such a treasure to us. We just want to see you two get along. And it's such a shame since technically, I mean, like, you're kind of part of the same belief. Mother, how dare you? He is not part of our belief. He belongs to the Order of the Sacred Object, a heretic branch. You're the heretic branch. We're an older institution with more sacred values and way better potpourri and charm. Your religion is nothing with all your written rules and all your scriptures and things. And ah, it's, it's disgusting. The, the institutional element of the whole thing, all the bureaucracy, all the... The ranks and levels, ah, it, it, it makes me sick. It's like Scientology or something like that. Something, some other fantastic made-up religion, you know? Ah, it's, 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 it's embarrassing names. Why do you, you dis disgrace our family by following this made-up thing? Spoken like a true fool, dinner goes downhill from there. You've mentioned before that your order has splintered into numerous sub-temples and is typical with any time your family gets together, your sister and you end up arguing over semantic interpretations of your respective religious texts. 
Your mother looks on, just happy to have two of her kids there. Your father picks out his food and then pulls out a newspaper to begin reading. How do you leave dinner? Well, Mom, as usual, dinner is fantastic. I'm wondering if I can throw some of this into a sack to take with me back to the guard place. Truly, Mother, your hen was divine. It was lovely. Such a thing couldn't even be produced at the Order of the Sacred Object. Clearly, their cutlery skills couldn't even hold a flame to my mother's. Well, Mames, uh, I detect a lie because you, you barely touched your hen. Touch my hen? Yes, uh, it's, it's basically fully intact on your plate. You barely, you scarcely took a bite. I'm full from beforehand. Yeah, out gallivanting on the town with your apostles of the thing. No doubt. You make me sick. Mother, this is the last time I will share the table with a heathen such as this. I do not care that we are blood-related. I cannot disgrace my own honor. Besmirch myself. Giovanni, don't you talk to your sister that way. You know that we wanted the best for our kids when we put them into the respective schools. Uh, and you, Mother, I, I must go. I, I work early tomorrow. Okay, Gio, we'll see you next fortnight. May I May I take Mames' remains from her plate? Because she is not going to eat it, and I would like to save it for later. <laughs> sure, he needs it. I, I, I don't need it. It's just better than the food I have at the guardhouse. I can't get used to mutton. You know, we ate well our whole lives and just accustomed to a higher standard of dining. Is that so wrong? Well, it's no surprise that you can't seem to find a place to get good food. I'm making an honest living for myself and also spreading the word of my order. All you do is collect tithes from rich lords who don't know a, a single thing about the thing. They just, they don't even care about the object. Geo, it was a pleasure, as always. And with that, your sister leaves. All right, good riddance. Ma, pa, eh. See you in two fortnights. Bye, dear. Awesome. So how how do you think that went? That was a great opening scene. Loved it. Very much. Still still figuring out the accent here. I speak to different people in a different way. <laughs> yeah, it seems that you like you seem to have not used the Giovanni accent. Which is? You have a little bit more of like an imperialist kind of vibe to it. This was just John yelling. Oh. That's because I'm with my family. I'm a little more comfortable yeah. in this environment. You don't have to put on a show with your folks. Yeah, part, part of having a higher, uh, or a high charisma, 13 charisma, means I, I like to think, interpret that as my character has learned how to kind of c carry himself differently depending on who he's talking to. Mm -hmm. Whether or not he does that well will be determined by the dice. Yeah, yeah, Giovanni, can, he can smile when he's not feeling happy. Like, that's how good he is. Is that is that what the rulebook says on thirteen charisma? <laughs> you, you can you can conceal your tears if it's raining. <laughs> There's the sound of a bell ringing in the distance, and the three of you wake up in your bunks. It's been three days since you were inducted into the local garrison. There was little to no fanfare, simply the signing of a few documents for HR and the handing over of your hard-won signing bonus. The bunks in the garrison aren't great. You don't get a lot of privacy, but they're warm, and you're fortunate enough to be stationed with other recruits here at the garrison, which, at this point, is only the three of you, Constable Joel having received a new position once you join the regiment. As you wake up in your room, the door swings open and light streams in. Joel, already up and dressed, marches into the room. Up and at him, fellas. Welcome to your first day as operating guard recruits. We've got a meeting this morning, as soon as you've finished your breakfast, where we'll receive your first assignments. You have 30 minutes. And with that, Joel turns around and storms out. Uh, blow it out your ass, Joel. Uh, I tell you guys, I really hate that guy. <laughs> There's something about him that's just, uh, uh, how, how do you say, uh, he's got a bit too much brown on his face, uh, on nose. I uh, just uh, did you say something? I thought I heard you oh, say something. Fuck. Have a great day, Joel. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. Uh, Mordecai is just gonna slowly get dressed. Uh, he he went to sleep in uh, you know your your usual uh, bed attire, but he's still wearing his mask. He never takes it off. You got like a onesie with one of those butt flaps in the back. Oh yeah, totally. And it's 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 a little worn down. There's a couple of holes, you know. But uh, he, he slakes on his trousers and his shirt, and he uh, throws on his big uh, red uh, trench coat that it, it looks like uh, long ago it 
it probably looked a whole lot better and more noble than it does now. And uh, let's toss on the big old red hat, and I'm ready to go. Giovanni's buck naked because <laughs> that's how he sleeps. Because it's a it's a sin to have things touch you while you sleep. So what about the bed? Yeah, what do you do with blankets and pillows and the bed? Part of the training, you know, you just kind of you get you get really hard. You know? <laughs> Try not to live anywhere cold. <laughs> He's a, real, he's a real tough guy. He's hard as nails. <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, how are you doing there, Val? Uh, yeah, Val's uh, swath though. He's wearing a, like a hempen tunic and uh, some linen pants. Um, he's taking just a few moments just to offer a salutation to the sun. You know, uh, do a quick little earth ritual, burn a little sage. And then, yeah, just getting ready for, uh, for whatever our first day on the job here. It's been two days since you started working at the garrison. And most of that time has kind of just been spent literally just doing HR paperwork and like taking classes on <laughs> sexual harassment in the workplace and like watching videos. I still don't understand the insurance plan. Th those hologram presentations were actually surprisingly well done for the low budget that they probably had to work with. Well, they don't, they don't have holograms, but they did have puppets. So it's just like a puppet reenactment in the front. Oh, even better. Giovanni was very impressed by the, the animation work of the puppeteers. It was very well done. So you've been here for two days and you've you've been spending a lot of time at the garrison. But what have you guys like been have you done anything interesting in your free time? I feel like Mordecai's been snooping around. Yeah. Just uh getting the lay of the land, trying to figure out who goes where and when and just taking a mental note. Speaking of which, uh Mordecai, um, you still owe a debt to someone. How's that coming along? I'm about halfway there, just from what I picked up and uh, talking the guy into a, a bigger signing bonus. Uh, it's it's not too bad, but I don't know. Uh, could could we say that I've tried to slip through the coppers over the last few days? Or uh, well, what do you mean by that? Oh, I don't know. Just snatch a couple of coins off a table here and there. Stuff that won't go completely missing. I seem to be missing twenty gold pieces from my <laughs> satchel. Oh no, that's uh, that's no good. Let me help you look. Should have slept butt naked. <laughs> all right well uh make a sleight of hand check let's see uh have you been able to get any spare change these past two days <laughs> six <laughs> there's one scene where you guys are getting ready for bed and uh giovanni is is taking off his tunic and he's like undoing his belt and he's about to slide his pants down because he's getting butt naked and then he looks down to like undo his belt and your hand is just in his pocket Sorry, brother. Uh, old habits die hard. You know what they say. <laughs> uh, I see you're uh, you're interested in my pockets. Yeah, they're they're, they're really well lined. Uh, who makes them? Uh, uh. Standard issue from the order. I can uh, give you a closer look if you'd be so interested. I think this is close enough. <laughs> Are you sure? The stitching is very well done. I assure you, it is the highest quality. I, I can see that from here. Good night. Good night. We don't particularly care about fine things and stuff like that, but we take our equipment very seriously at the order. So Giovanni had a nice visit with his parents. What have you been up to, Val? You have a you have a job to do, and but you also have your free time. What's 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 or what's Val been up to? It's just been exploring the city for one. I mean, even just being in the city is is kind of new and exciting for him. Learning things, overcoming some anxieties, being in crowds. He saw indoor plumbing for the first time. Exactly, precisely not, you know, relieving yourself on the street or where there's grass, you know, there's certain places for that. Uh, and then obviously, yes, you know, on Mordecai as well and just trying to lock on sort of his dealings and, and his whereabouts. Have you been in touch with Bolster? Yes, only, oh, yes, just briefly, only to inform him that we had gained employment with the guard and informed him that we had managed to actually, after some lengthy finagling with the HR lady, Basically, his dad's half paid, uh, as we discussed earlier. I haven't seen him since. It was just a very quick update. Yeah, that's been my time. That's a, that seems like a good use of everybody's time. So you guys get dressed, I imagine, right? You, you're getting dressed. Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Pants last. Always. Uh, uh, socks first, though. It's a weird situation. Yeah, you got to tuck your shirt in. Oh, I guess he's not wearing it. He's wearing a tunic, so he's not tucking anything in. But, oh, he's tucking something in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You make your way to the food hall where you're served a small breakfast and then you head to the guard meeting room. You personally spent the last two days in this room listening to lectures on employee relationships, sexual harassment, and safety. And you walk in and see a number of desks facing a podium in front of you. 
Though Stuart Kalin was one of the speakers during your lectures on your first day, um, do you recall which lecture he gave? Uh, ethics of uh, guardsmanship. It was very boring. Yes, uh, that sounds about right. Although he was one of the speakers on your first day, you can't seem to find him as you walk in. Instead, you see a small halfling woman standing on a box in front of the podium. Like most halflings, she's short, but she's also lean and tough looking with a nasty cut going down the left side of her face. She looks at you as you walk in, and it appears as though she's about to start speaking. Constable Joel waves at you and points to three empty seats next to him at the immediate front of the room. Ugh. I'm going to sit right next to the aisle. I'm going to sit right next to Joel. That's okay. Here, I saved you a, a spot here, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, partner. So I'm going to go up with uh, Mordecai. Very nice. Good thing you guys got to class in time. And you shut up. We're here to learn. Good morning, recruits. Many of you here will not recognize me. I do not expect you to. As of last night, Steward Kalin is no longer with us. I won't hide it from you. After months of investigation, it was found that he was mishandling the budget at the garrison. The city found that he was senselessly padding the pockets of himself and new recruits well beyond what the city has already allocated towards salary. As such, he lost his position here at the garrison. I am his replacement. My name is Jen, and you may call me Captain Jen. From here on out, all assignments will come through me, and I will pass them on to you. If there are any questions, please refer to your respective group leaders, and they will pass any concerns on to me. Now, let's begin with today's assignments. Roger, today your group will be responsible for monitoring the activity of the Western Market Square. We've had reports of unlicensed buskers performing there, and in some incidents have even lit stalls on fire. None have been apprehended at this point. You and your group will remedy this. Captain Jen continues to hand out assignments to the guard at the meeting. There are some cases where an individual is assigned a particular duty. For instance, somebody might be assigned some clerk work. But for the most part, they're group assignments. And you can see that the guards in this room have been broken into groups very similar to how you guys, Val, Giovanni, Mordecai, and Joel are. Each of the groups receives their respective assignments and leaves the room until you finally find that you are the last group to receive an assignment. Joel's group. We've received reports of subterranean activity underneath the university. The reports indicate that there may be an infestation. Your team is to enter the region and investigate. Ah, come on. Is there a problem, Lieutenant? No, Captain. My team will handle it. Captain, Captain, if I may, if I may, Captain Jen, if I may, it is just so refreshing to see a halfling and a woman in a position of power, and I'm just very happy to be part of such a progressive uh, institution here at the Guard Academy. I'm very much looking forward to working underneath you. Pray tell, recruit. What do you mean by that? I thought it was pretty self-explanatory. I'm just really looking forward to working with you. And the fact that I'm a woman and a halfling. Is that important to you, Recruit? I, I think it's important to see uh, people that aren't humans in positions of power. I've never worked for anyone who wasn't a, a human. So, well, I don't know, I'm just excited to see how this goes. And are you concerned about working with a female halfling recruit? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck with this elf and this weird magic guy, so I, I mean, I can't see how it could be any worse than that. <laughs> Recruit, I suggest you turn around. Okay. With that, Captain Jen turns and leaves the room, leaving you alone with Joel. Okay. So, I've got some bad news. You're going into the sewers. Classic. Ugh. What, what do you mean, you're? You're the team leader. Well, I'm responsible for leading the team. I'm the person who gives you assignments. I'm like your, your conduit here at the guard. I give you assignments, you go do them, and you report back to me. Whatever you say, big guy. You're the boss. <coughs> Death jerky. <coughs> I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, you have any jerky? You're in charge here. We all know you're the big boss man, so whatever you say goes, Joel. Well, thank you, Giovanni. You know, we've had a bit of a rough start, but you're really growing on me, man. Yeah, well, I wish if, if I could say the same, but I mean, we, we must go. There's uh, things to do and things to kill in the sewer. All right. Are you? Do you, do you guys think that you're ready to go there now, or... Do you want to maybe suit up or, or something? Uh, I would like to see if there's any equipment. Do we have weapons that we, we can access? 
I mean, if you need to get stuff, you should probably do that before we go to the go go to the sewers. Use some use some tape for my bow staff would be some cello tape. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to visit the armorer of this uh, fine garrison to inquire about potentially upgrading to plate mail. Well, unfortunately, the armorer isn't here today. He only uh, works weekdays. This is weekend. But uh, I could escort you to the storehouse, and we could see if there's perhaps anything there that we could find to outfit you with. As it suits you. Well, I mean, it'll 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 suit you guys. Get it? It'll suit you. <laughs> uh, swear to God, if I was in lawful neutral, I would just crush his head. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm just going to take a moment here to make a few announcements. First, thanks to everyone who has been listening to the last few podcast episodes. It's super exciting to know that people are listening and appear to like what we've done thus far, though there is a lot more that is going to be coming. A few people shared the podcast and their names have been incorporated into this as well as past episodes. If you've been following along, you may know that Constable Joel is named after our friend Joel Primo from the Daybreak Johnnies. But this week, you'll have met Giovanni's dad, Cody, named after our friend, Cody Gagnon. You can find her as Leyland.Cody on Instagram, and she's also done some artwork for our show. You also have met Giovanni's sister, Paladin Mames, named after our friend, Mames Fam Ducharme. You can find her on Twitter as at Mames, where she does a bunch of awesome cosplay stuff. Lastly, we just met Captain Jen, named after our friend, Jen Lalonde. Thank you so much you guys, for sharing this podcast. It means a lot to us. If you'd like to have your name incorporated into the Late and Legends legend, please share our podcast on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook with the hashtag Late and Legends, lowercase all one word. You can also find us on each of those platforms under the same name. We've been posting episodes weekly on Wednesdays, and occasionally we'll share artwork made by our friends. Most recently, Catherine Hatherley made us some awesome pictures of Automaton number 5 and the Mega Automatron that the guys fought in the last episode. Though, full disclosure, Kate is my wife. But she makes that artwork of her own free will because she likes the show, not because she's obligated by, you know, being married to me. So if you'd like to see that or any other artwork, check out our Instagram page. Additionally, I've set up a Patreon page for the podcast where listeners who are interested in donating to the podcast can throw in a few bucks. You can find it at patreon.com forward slash Legends. There's no pressure to do so, but there are a few perks that you can get by donating besides just a general feeling of warmth and satisfaction knowing that you helped a bunch of poor podcast fantasy actors, writers, people. Yeah. For $3 a month, we'll include your name in a patron shout-out at the end of each episode. For $5 a month, you get early access to the episodes before they even come out, as well as the patron shout-out. Everyone out here on the internet is suckers, waiting until Wednesday to get their latent legends fix. But you don't have to do that. You'll get access to each episode sometimes several days before they're supposed to come out. And for $15 a month, not only will you get the patron shout-out, not only will you get early access to all of the episodes, but we'll also provide you a one-time fan message. You know this spot here, right here in the middle of the episode where I make announcements? You could have your very own message, assuming it's nothing really rude. I'm happy to do that for you. Or I could even strong-arm one of the other guys into doing it. Whatever you want, you've earned it. There's no pressure to stick around if you don't want to, and you can cancel your patronage whenever you'd like. So that's it for announcements. Let's get back into the action. Joel escorts you outside of the meeting room and into the garrison courtyard. You walk across the green and towards a building along the northern wall. Above the entrance is a sign that reads, Garrison Requisitions. You enter a room that seems to be in a state of catastrophe. Along the wall, armor and arms are senselessly stacked and flowing into the center of the room. In the very back of the room is a small clearing where a cluttered desk sits next to a small alchemist's forge. Standing on a stool in front of the desk is a robed, no man, with his head craned into a book, roughly the size of himself. You enter and stand a moment before the gnome looks up from his book and turns to you. Requisitions. Uh, hello, I have some new recruits that are interested in looking at the garrison storehouse. All right, you know the deal. Joel turns to you. 
Okay, so this is the garrison storehouse. This is a place where we put all assets that are seized from the public. The worst stuff we get is stored away, but the stuff that is deemed to be recyclable is put here. There's a lot of stuff here and it's always changing. In order to offset some of our budgetary problems here at the garrison, we allow guards to purchase things from here for their own inventory. Feel free to look around and if you see something you like, bring it up to Nathan at the back and he'll tell you how much it is. So how I saw this working out is that you guys would go into this room and you would roll a d20 each, and that would indicate the quality of the stuff you found Ooh, okay. okay, or what stuff you did find. I want to develop a list of just random things that will eventually, like if you roll like a 16, you got this item. And if you roll this, you get another item. But I don't have that list available right now. Um, but for now, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to use it as like a simple kind of investigation check. And it's going to base like the strength of the item that you find against the, the check you're making. Nice. Okay. Um, Mordecai would like to slink off to a corner where he's not completely seen. I'm going to take a bit of uh, uh, parchment uh, out of my coat pocket, and I'm going to try and forge a note from Joel uh, saying that whatever I get is on his tab. Giovanni can run distraction on this to you because I, I, have, I have many questions to ask very loudly. Could, could I even chime in and, and, and help John requ request things from the back? or I have a forgery kit, and it runs a charisma check, I guess, is what it says. So. Uh, what does the forgery kit do? Does it give you a bonus? Basically, it's a plus five to a charisma roll based on writing. That's why I was going to write a note from Joel saying that whatever we decide to purchase will be on his tab. <laughs> and yeah, I guess I just I have to roll for it and see if it works or not. So devious. It is my character. Okay. Um, so how about you roll a deception check? Uh, you have a plus five based on your skill, and you also have a plus five based on your forgery kit. So go ahead and give that a go. It's a 21 without the other plus five. It'd be a 26 with. Okay. So you have this forged note. It should be mentioned that Constable Joel did come with you to this room. So just be aware of that. No problem. Just gonna, I'm just going to wait. Okay. How, how long? <laughs> well, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to walk around and I'm going to try and spot any magical items that they might have, any potions, uh, any spell scrolls that might be around. And if I get the chance, I'm going to try and um, schmooze on up to either Val or John's character and see if they can help me with this because it's going to be beneficial for them as well. Um, okay. So uh, you're in this room full of equipment. What are you going to do? C can I roll to investigate to see if there's anything that I'd find suitable? Or? Yeah, roll in investigation check. And I will let you know if you find anything of interest. Ugh, nine. <laughs> Four. Um, okay. This is all trash. <laughs> hey, this is my trash. Don't you be talking down my trash. <laughs> what is this rubbish? <laughs> is this a god storehouse or a whorehouse? Certainly one of those. <laughs> so does both. You guys kind of look around. You see that everything just kind of looks like rusty crap, honestly, to you. Uh, Giovanni, you managed to find a breastplate that looks promising. Ooh. It seems like it's steel with uh, a lot of bronze kind of worked into it. It kind of looks nice, or it looked like it may have been nice once upon a time, but it seems that it's it's seen better days. Maybe with a quick polish, it'd look nice, but uh, it's a used breastplate. While he's looking around, Mordecai's going to walk up to uh, Giovanni and just kind of elbow him ah! and be like, hey, hey. Uh, you startled me. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, I've got trust. this venture, you see. Val. Um you might be able to get a lot of stuff here, but we got to get <clears throat> someone out of the picture. Uh, it, 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 do you think we could get Joel outside for like a minute or two? Sir, I must tell you, I prefer not to engage in scandalous, devious activity. But when it comes to that Joel fella, you count me in. Oh, uh, thanks, man. All right. Uh, yeah, any, any, any ideas? Uh, how do we get him outside? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just take care of Joel, good sir. Uh, yeah, what's up? <laughs> oh, yes, my old friend and mentor, dare I say, for inspiring leader, Joel. I was wondering if I could speak with you outside for a moment. Oh, thank you, Giovanni. That's Those are some really nice things uh, for you to say. Um, hey, uh, Nathan, I'll be right back. I'm just going to step outside for a second. And Joel steps outside. All right, so while they're walking out the door. Hey, well, uh, um, one thing at a time. So, right. uh, Giovanni, you're now outside with him. Yeah. Val. You managed to find a spear. Ooh. 
And there are a lot of spears here. Um, some of them have seen better days. Others have seen much worse days. Some look weirdly and kind of frighteningly well used. <laughs> but you managed to set your hands on this real nice spear. And it was about the same length as your quarterstaff. But the wood just seems older on it. It seems like it's a really nice walnut, very thick. And the tip of it is uh, very well cared for. Somebody cared a lot for this spear tip, is what I'm saying. Okay. So you find that. As for you, Mordecai. <laughs> okay. Mordecai, you find a sling. It's not an impressive looking sling. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's very uh, Bart Simpson-esque. <laughs> Run along, you scam. <laughs> yeah. While Giovanni has Joel outside, I want to walk up towards the door and pretend to pick a piece of paper up off the floor, which is the, the forged note. Oh, ah, oh, I open it up and uh, I think this is for you. And I, I pass it over to the, the quartermaster. All right, Nathan looks at it and tucks it into his pocket and he kind of grunts at you. Yeah, perfect. All right, then uh, just take my sling and walk outside. Hold off. So you, you handed the gnome the note. Yes. Giovanni, what's happening outside? Well, isn't Joel going to ask what's going on? You said that you had something that you wanted to say to Joel? Yes, Joel. Uh, I was hoping to speak with you alone for a little bit. You seem like a smart guy, a sharp guy, not too bad looking, bright future ahead of you. Still, what, 20, 29, 36? How, how old are you? Yeah, I'm there. Okay. I was just wondering, Joel, because... You, you don't seem like a very religious man. I was wondering if I could just, you know, maybe tell you a thing or two about the, the sacred object. Oh, yeah, sacred object. I've heard of you guys. I mean, I am affiliated. I'm, I'm a uh, follower of Pelor. You know, he's one of the older gods, but he's also kind of cool. He's got like this justice thing going on. So that's kind of my deal. Yes, but what justice can there be with no presence of the object, Joel? When I think about it, I think that uh, justice is something that really, it's part of all of us. It's something that is just, it's a philosophical idea that, you know, affects everybody. And I don't think it comes from anywhere. It's, uh, you know, it's just part of all of us. Don't you think so, Giovanni? Everybody has a sense of justice. Joel, I, uh... Permit me to disagree. I just uh, I find your blasphemous ramblings about justice to be foul. And I, I just hope for your sake you can repent for your, your sins before the day of recalculation comes. Oh, uh, here's a question. And it's it's I feel kind of bad. I mean, but since we're having this conversation, like I maybe now's a good time to ask. What is the object? Joel, okay. it's the highest blasphemy to even ask such a question. I just hear a lot about this object and I just. What is it? That just, that just, you can't just you said it again, Joel. Please, good, good, good object. You can't, can't do not speak it this way about it. It is, it is not for us to know. It is too sacred to even comprehend, Joel. You can't ask these questions. You go mad trying to figure it out. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you, buddy. Like I just, uh, you know, I thought we were having a nice conversation about religion here. So you did not offend me. You offended the object. But you don't know what the object is. I grow weary of this conversation, Joel. I, I only pray that you can seek redemption before the day of recalculation comes upon us. Well, that sounds kind of threatening, but also it, you know, it's, it sounds like you care about me. And that's kind of a, that's good too. Yes, yes. Caring is important, isn't it, Joel? That, that sounded like a threat. We really need to take care of each other in these dangerous times. Now that, that definitely sounds like a threat. Did you ask me out here to threaten me? I, I don't understand, Joel. I'm just re I'm basically just saying back the things you said to me to reaffirm your beliefs. Well, that's nice, I think. It is nice. It is nice, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I care about you too, Giovanni. Are we just going to stand here and just stare at each other? Like, What do you think of this breastplate? It seems pretty nice. I mean, it's weird that you left the building with it. You should have paid for that. I mean, they seem pretty mellow about the whole thing. Obviously, I'm a knight. I'm not just going to steal things. That goes against my ethical code. I just thought I'd get a look at it in the daylight, you know, check it out a bit. I, I mean, he, he could probably tell I'm a trustworthy fellow. Yeah, it's probably got a nice sheen on it. Yeah, you know, I can really see that glinting off. You know, Pelor's the god of the sun. You know that? And Pelor, like, oh my god, I can just like this is just, whoo, just. I'm going inside now. I'm going inside now. All right, right behind you, buddy. <laughs> Stupid Joel. Uh, so Joel and Giovanni have re-entered the room now. 
You guys have found your respective things. What are you What are you guys doing in there? I'm I'm still admiring my uh, walnut shaft, shiny tip spear, but uh, I, I I can equip that then. Yeah. Okay. Assuming that you pay for it. Well, uh, no, we pass off the note. Do you know about the note? He doesn't know about the note yet. I thought Mordecai just passed it off to the gnome. I mean, I did make kind of a show of it, so Val could have heard it, I guess. It doesn't look like a big room, but I didn't let you in on it. Oh, I got you. Okay. And the deal was that you kind of found your equipment, and then you asked the the gnome, like, what his appraisal of the item cost would be. Got you. Please, fine gnome. <laughs> what what be the cost of this fine fine spear? The gnome looks at the spear, and he kind of only glances at it for a second, and he's like, 25 gold pieces for a spear. Sir Gnome, I must inquire. I overheard you speaking with my elven friend here. 25 gold for a simple spear. Is there anything peculiar or special about this object? It stabs people. Mm. (laughs) On its own? Does it have any sort of mystical... No. Does it thou have any sort of mystical enchantments or refineries apart to it? Well, the wood is refined. The steel is refined. The hand that holds it should be refined. It kills. You're a very straightforward fellow. I appreciate that. <laughs> Was it the gnome who gave me the sling, or did I find that in the pile somewhere? You found it in the pile. So that roll was a representation of you guys kind of digging around in this pile of stuff. Yeah. Trash. <laughs> More or less trash, yeah. Can I try and sell the gnome this sling? Yeah. Okay. Right, so I'm going to go up to the gnome and, uh, hey, I, uh, I found this on my travels. Uh, you think you guys could use it? No, you didn't. That's my sling. <laughs> oh, it's not? Look, it's got my initials right here. No, it doesn't. Oh, you're right. But I did find it outside, though. No, it was here. Did I hear you say sling? I could definitely benefit from the advantages of a ranged weapon. I do not have one, and I believe the sling is one I can equip. You got a sling right here. You're just going to give this to me? That's wonderful. Ah, uh, you know, I've tried to pick your pockets, what, like five times now? <laughs> yeah, I, I owe you this much. Oh, thank you, good sir. It's lovely to receive gifts from companions. The gnome is just looking at you guys, and he's not phased at all. He's just like, that's my sling. It came from over there. And he pointed at the exact spot that you found it. It was, like, hidden underneath, like, a couple boxes <laughs> and under, like, a couple, like, breastplates. And he still knew exactly where it was in that pile. That's my sling. And he opens up a page on his notebook. So he has that large book in front of him. He flips it and without even looking at the pages and then points his finger down and it says sling one, 10 gold pieces. (laughs) Mordecai, did did you steal this thing? And then I walk out the door. (laughs) I'm already gone. (laughs) So no, I'm terribly, I, I must apologize for this. This besmirchment of your honor. I'll gladly buy the sling for 15 gold pieces. It's 10 gold pieces. Have it your way. I, I do believe you have some sort of notarized document that claims that our uh, lieutenant here will be taking care of our purchases. Yes. He pulls it out of his pocket and he turns to Joel. Joel, did you write this? And Joel walks up to him and he said, Um, no, I didn't write that. That's not even my handwriting. Where did this come from? I got a 26 on that. It should look exactly like his handwriting. Yeah, I know. I thought, I thought it was a perfect document. What happened was, so you had a lot of bonuses to it, but what raised the saving throw threshold was that you had never seen anything written by Joel before. You had never seen a signature. Uh, You've okay. never even seen a forged document like that that would be made by a guard before. So it's it, it was a good roll. Damn. It was just a very high, uh, you could have made it, but it was a very high uh, saving throw. Totally fair. All right, no worries. I'm already outside. Uh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't write this. Where did you get this from? The wizard gave it. <laughs> uh, I guess. Can I have that back? I don't want people, you know, handing this around. I'll just. I'm gonna get rid of this. Maybe go outside. And with that, Joel takes the uh, the thing and then kind of stands outside now. It's very unknightly of him to not honor his word as written on the paper. <laughs> The gnome doesn't care. He's reading his book. Valerius is going to respectfully pay the gnome for the full price of the spear, 25 gold. Okay, the gnome takes the 25 gold and just pockets it. All right, so gnome, how much for this fine breastplate here? 40 gold. 40 gold in the sling you said was 10. So if I'm buying both together, can you maybe knock five gold off the total price? 50 gold. Can I roll a persuasion? Yeah, go right ahead. 
Whenever you say go right ahead, I'm just like, all right, so I have to roll a, a 20. <laughs> no, that's not true. It- <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you can roll uh, nine. 49 gold. Ah, you know how to bargain good, sir. I'll accept your gracious offer. All right, so you hand him the gold? Yes. Let me just uh, take it off my sheet here. Add a breastplate and a sling. All right, so he uh, pockets the gold and you're all set. Awesome. Cool. Can I, uh, do they have like any sort of buyback program here where I can give them my old chain mail? Yeah. So this is Nathan, the, uh, the gnome alchemist and he's in charge of the requisitions and you can sell anything to him that you want to. You can also go into town, but if you're just at the garrison, Nathan will probably buy things off of you if you have stuff to sell. I think for instance, like, um, Mordecai had some gems and some gold wire off of the bots he stole. He could sell these here. You could sell your armor here if you want to. How much uh, how much gold do I get for this chain mail? It served me very well, and it's in fairly well good condition. Um, thirty five gold. Oh, okay, sure. And with that, he pulls out thirty five gold and hands it to you. Excellent, pleasure doing business with you, Sir Gnome. The gnome starts reading his book again. Uh, are you guys now all set to go? Uh, is there any armor that within Val at all? Well, you already did a roll, and you found that. Uh, uh how about you roll again? <laughs> nope. <laughs> You find a piece of leather armor. It's not really, it's not the nicest you've seen. It is used like everything else in this room. I have leather armor, so I'm not going to take someone else's sweaty leather armor. Yeah, it has somebody else's sweat and it, and uh, there's there are initials <laughs> on the inside of it. And you just kind of feel uncomfortable wearing it. No, I'm definitely going to stick with my, my leathers. <laughs> okay. Thanks though. Bye. Bye. Okay. Can we go now? Like we got a job to do. Are you guys done? Hey, Mordecai? Mordecai? Oh, my God. Just outside flipping a coin out of my business. Hey, uh, Morty, um, the uh, gnome inside, he gave me this note. Do you know anything about it? He said it came from you. Yeah, yeah. I found it on the ground. It was, like, sitting right in the doorway. You got to watch out for that kind of stuff. People might be trying to swindle you, Joel. Could you roll a uh, deception check? Definitely. Twelve. Okay, Morty. Thanks for doing that, I guess. We got some work to do now. You guys gotta be heading off. Before you go, uh, I gotta ask, how much does this job pay? You literally... Morty, I remember you. I was the one hanging up the description at the jobs board. I was there. You put your hand on me. You asked me how much it paid. Like, this was like... This was like three days ago, Morty. You not remember me? Oh my god. Sorry, it's, uh... I'm terrible with faces. Terrible. That's okay, I guess. Uh, yeah, it was a, uh, it was like a hundred gold a week. But since Captain Jen's come in, I don't know. I'll have to get like it should still be good. Why? Are you okay? Uh, I'll tell you about it later. Let's uh, let's get moving to this gig, eh? All right. Um. Uh, yeah. And are the rest of you guys uh, ready to head out? Val wants to inquire uh, to Joel just real fast, like. Uh, he doesn't know an awful lot about like the city or how it works, but just want to clarify that this the sewer is in fact where the waste goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, Val, you had a question for me. What's up? Uh, yeah, so I, I've been exploring, and uh, I'm not too familiar with cities, but what I do know about like the like the public sanitation system, um, wouldn't that be wouldn't the sewer be where all the waste collects? Well, I'm not going to lie to you, Val. Uh, it's it's not pretty down there. I remember when I was a rookie, they sent me down there too, and I'm just, uh, you know, kind of makes me a bit sad, I guess. Oh, I see. This is like a hazing the new guys kind of job. I see. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah. yeah! I'm not going to lie to you guys. I had nothing to do with this. You're you're my team. You're my guys. And uh, it kind of makes me disappointed because it feels like they're not taking me seriously and they're not taking you seriously, and that, that's too bad. I hope it's not hazing, but, you know... When I first joined here, some of the other guards picked on me, and I hope that doesn't happen to you. Nothing truly dishonorable about cleaning the sewers is an important area of the city that must be maintained, well kept, to preserve civilization. You know what, Giovanni? You're right. It is, you know, it's important to make sure things are good down there. Huzzah! Shall we be off, then? Let's be off. Let's be off.
Thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcast. The next part will be coming out next week, and I plan on sticking to a weekly schedule where episodes will be released every Wednesday mid-morning. If you're interested in hearing more about us, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Anchor, or Patreon as Late and Legends. A special thanks to Kate for the artwork that she's created. You can find that on our Instagram page at Late Legends. Again, thanks to John Tibbery for the music that he wrote for this, as well as past episodes. You can find him on Instagram as Johnstagram666, or in his band, at Astral Witch Band. We'll see you next week. a patron this is where your voice would go go go